Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Booyakasha! This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, we're heading back to the 1987 series. We have taken quite a bit of a break. Don't take me back. (laughs) It's been like a month. Yeah, it's been a long time. I know. God, I've been been enjoying. (laughs) I've been enjoying doing this show. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I don't enjoy doing this show, but man, it was nice not talking about 87. (laughs) Yeah, I... I definitely like talking about the comics a little bit more. I I'm in a different, but like I definitely like talking about the comics. Don't get me wrong, but like I have come to really love this show just for what a insane piece of nonsense it is. And I just do week in and week out, I'm always amazed by it. You know, I do have a new appreciation for it. Um, yeah, it's it it is just rough going back to it every other week. So it has been a nice reprieve the yeah. last couple of weeks. It's fun too because like I know I know I watched this show when I was a kid, but like I do not remember it whatsoever. And every now and then I get those like flashes of like like when they're tied up in the clock tower by Baxter's talking, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally remember this, you know? Oh yeah. It's mm-hmm. a nice fun little surprise. I mean, like speaking of, I don't remember these three episodes at all. <laughs> like, spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. So going into this, I'm like, I'm I'm having fun. Yeah, <laughs> but it but it is just kind of like uh, for me. I want to watch the Rise movie again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did watch it again. It, it, it's it's good, man. I like it. I I love it. Yeah, what are you saying, Spencer? It's a solid movie. I'm saying for me, this this series like there is a part of me that likes knowing everything that's happened in it and knowing what's in it, since it's a you know huge part of the history of Ninja Turtles. Um, I mean, pretty much every cartoon is at this point. But uh, at the same time, it's almost kind of like a labor of love, you know. It's <laughs> I love Ninja Turtles, and so I'm laboring through this show to uh, learn all this background information of this uh, thing that was a massive part of what helped Ninja Turtles explode into what it was. That's a great way to look at it. Like it's it's part of the academia for us. Mm-hmm. Like we need it, it's a it's a foundational knowledge. You know, it's it's a pillar of T. It's it's literally, arguably, the pillar of TNT or TMNT. Like, mm-hmm. so it is kind of a. I don't want to say it's a rite of passage, but like for us, being the kind of turtles that turtle experts that we are, like it is kind of required for yeah. us to go through all of it. And and then we will be tried and true experts at yeah. the end of this. We can we can truly argue with you on reddit about it 
I, you yeah. know, yeah, exactly. I'm looking for more challenge. <laughs> All right. So what, what, getting, uh, what I, have to, I have to re-accredit my, my turtle expert certification every year. So, um, so Spencer, what are we, what are we talking about this week? This week we're in season four still, and we're covering episodes 26, 27, and 28. So that is Rhino Man, Michelangelo meets Bugman, and Poor Little Rich Turtle. And like, you know, I like superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the week for you, man. Yeah, this yeah. is the week for you. So uh, it's weird how we keep getting like little tropes every now and then. We're like, yeah, we'll have three episodes with a teenage sidekick, and then we'll have two out of three have superheroes. It's kind of kind of interesting. Like these two have a guy that plays piano. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seems. that was a weird. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Oh, just wait. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you uh, tell us a story then? Yeah, let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain the story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. I think I'm up first this week. You are uh, up first. I just realized that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, who, knows is, with, who knows with all these episode orders? Right. Oh, speaking of, goodness gracious. So I'm doing uh, season four, episode 26, Rhino Man. Also, like on my DVD booklet, it's called Adventures of Rhino Man. And it's like episode 29. So... Uh, Big grain of salt with that one. Anyway, Rhino Man, originally aired November 3rd, 1990, written by the late, great David Wise. So wealthy billionaire J. Gordon Hungerdunger is sponsoring a contest to find the next great superhero, which has caused a rash of terrible vigilantes to come out of the woodwork to fight for crime, like Cheeseburger Man and Newsman, who's actually just uh, Vernon in disguise. The prize for the next best superhero is a big old diamond. Krang, of course, wants the diamond to use as a focusing lens for a heat ray to use to dislodge the technodrome from the asteroid. So they give Bebop and Rocksteady jetpacks and dress them up as Rhino Man and his trusty sidekick, Mighty Hog. And they actually do a pretty good job of fighting crime and wind up winning the contest. Hunger Dunger hires them on as his enforcers. April has her suspicions about the diamond because it doesn't actually exist on any of the diamond registries. And her hunch turns out to be correct. Hunger Dunger is actually using this contest as a cover so he can dump chemicals into the water supply to turn the city into a bunch of obedient zombies. Luckily, Donatello is able to surmise that Hunger Dunger must have an antidote because otherwise he and his men would also be zombified. So they raid his building looking for it. It turns out the antidote is actually inside the fake diamond. The turtles fight Rhino Man and Mighty Hog. Shredder steals the diamond and takes it back to Dimension X but not before Donatello steals the liquid antidote inside of it. They use the antidote to cure New York of their zombification. And since the diamond is a fake, the heat ray inside the Technodrome explodes when it's used as a focusing lens. The day is saved and the turtles go back home to their sewer layer. The end. Riveting. <laughs> All right, so my episode now, uh, 27, Michelangelo meets Bugman. It's by Dennis Marks, and it originally aired November 3rd of 1990. Mikey's reading comics about Bugman, his favorite superhero, when Splinter interrupts him and tells him to go train. He has to train blindfolded, and uh, while he is doing that, the power goes out. Everyone leaves to go fix it, and Mikey gets left behind. He thinks it's a prank, and so uh, he's like, 
screw you guys. I'm going back to reading my comics. While reading, he hears a cry for help. He leaves to check it out and finds a guy drowning in the sewer. He rescues him and learns that he has become weakened by a chain of lysonite or lysonite or something like that. After learning the man's weakness and that his name is Brick and completely ignoring the man's Bugman costume, Mikey deduces that he is Bugman. Bugman explains that it was his foe, Electro Zapper, that had sent him up the sewer. Then he relates his origin. He studied bugs and his DNA was fused with a bunch of bugs in a freak accident. Now, he get, when he gets angry, he turns into Bugman and has a bunch of bug powers. They go after Electro Zapper together. April is at a power station investigating the recent power outage. There's a weird antenna sticking up out of the ground. Mikey and Bugman show up and talk to her. Bugman says the antenna must be Electro Zapper's. Mikey destroys it because Bugman still can't access his bug powers to destroy it himself. Electro Zapper comes up from his underground hideout to figure out what is going on. He sees who it is, and eventually Bugman accesses his bug powers. A fight ensues. Just when we think Bugman has won the day, Electro Zapper exposes him to more Lysonite and then zaps Mikey. Electro Zapper now has the heroes trapped in glass tubes in his lair, and he leaves April behind who is also trapped from a sprained ankle, and she's also surrounded by fire, uh, started during the fight. Now, before Mikey left the lair, he left a note saying that he left with Bugman. Uh, first, his brothers wrote it off, but after a mysterious wavelength interferes with their television, they think he may have been actually telling the truth. They leave their lair to go help him. They find April and rescue her. Back in Electro Zapper's lair, Mikey breaks free by hitting his tube really hard. He gets the Lisa Knight away from the trapped Bugman, but is eventually subdued. Just when it seems that he has failed, Bugman comes in and backs him up. Electro Zapper runs out of his lair and into the rest of the turtles. A great battle commences, the turtles emerge victorious, and Electro Zapper is left for the cops. The end. Absolutely riveting stuff. Yeah, it's it's just as much of a fever dream as it sounded. Don't worry. I I'll get into that. Uh last up, our our combo breaker, the non-superhero episode, is Poor Little Rich Turtle. Original air date, November 10th, 1990, written by David Wise. Krang has come up with yet another brilliant plan to free the Technodrome. The evil alien then sends Bebop and Rocksteady to kidnap Buffy Shellhammer, 15-year-old CEO of Shellhammer Chemicals. Buffy has the secret formula for a super rocket fuel, which Krang needs to get the Technodrome moving again. Michelangelo falls head over heels for Buffy when he sees her on TV uh, being interviewed by April. He convinces the turtles to go to her mansion so that he can get a glimpse of her. The turtles get there just as Bebop and Rocksteady arrive. The turtles then fight them off and rescue Buffy. But then our heroes decide to bring the millionaires to April's apartment for safekeeping and so they can figure out why Shredder wants her so badly. Bebop and Rocksteady follow the turtles to April's apartment and grab Buffy, bringing her all the way back to the Technodrome. Back at the Technodrome, Shredder tries to force the formula out of Buffy, but fails. 
he shrinks her and tells her that he that she will stay that way until she gives him what he wants. Back on Earth, the turtles find out from April why Krang and Shredder want Buffy. They realize that she's in great danger, but they have no way of helping her because their transdimensional portal isn't working. Buffy finds a way to reach the turtles from the Technodrome and transports them to Dimension X. Shredder gets one last attempt to get the formula from Buffy by threatening to get rid of the turtles. She gives in and tells him the formula. The turtles change Buffy back to her size and all five of them return to Earth. Krang tries the formula that Buffy gave to Shredder and finds out that she actually gave him a formula for making fireworks, not the rocket fuel. The end. Man. What a... Yeah, bold storytelling. You're right. You know, what a way to... Yeah, what a a palate cleanser. Yeah, what a what a nice like invitation back into the eighty seven series. <laughs> yeah, we're we're back in it, boys. Into the thick of it. All right, thick of it. Into the thick of it. That's <laughs> I know, but you know, it's uh, kind of old now. <laughs> you know what? It, it can come back. It can come back. It can come back like the second time around. Oh, hey, hey, hey we finally got there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't forced at all. Not at no, all. you got it. Mm-mm. Hey, uh, nice junk. Did you guys okay. have anything for episode 26? <laughs> for Rhino Man, uh, we got some new outfits for our turtles. They dress as sailors in this, in this episode. That is true. Didn't they that. do the sailors before? I think they, I think they did. I feel oh. like they've done sailors before. Okay. Well, I have another factoid then. Uh, Rocksteady uses his wooden sword again in this episode. He uses it to pop the turtle blimp. Uh, the dark-haired burglar that they were chasing around uh, was from New York's shiniest. You know, I guess we also had new outfits for Bebop and Rocksteady in this episode that we've never seen before. They're superhero ones. That look nothing like the toys. Do they really? Uh, I mean, they're going to look like the new toys from NECA. Oh, okay. yeah. The so the, it, okay. Playmates had had some toys. Yeah, I think Playmate, they're actually Playmates had a Mighty Hog. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, they looked quite a bit different, which was. In fact, those yeah, ones are getting re released right now, actually. Yeah, yeah. I do I'm find it really you. funny that you create something to like advertise the toy, but it looks nothing like the actual toy. Like, what is with that? I think, that, I, think I mean, part of the problem is that. You know, a lot of that was going on while the show was going on, and show production is a lot faster than toy production. Mm. So they probably came up with the toy designs first, and then Fred Wolf was like, "That's too expensive to animate," and then like cheapened it out. Yeah, like if you look at like Trag, like he looks like a totally different character. He's got like yeah. a human face and and pants and stuff and even like rocksteady has like military clothes and his toy but he yeah he dresses like a homeless guy on, on the show so. yeah which also we kind of mentioned to uh that this episode like isn't called rhino man on the dvd because like i messaged the group last night and i was like i can't find this episode <laughs> i was like well, does my, does my digital collection not like, have it on on the dvd on the dvd menu it's called rhino man but in the booklet that like says what episodes are on what dvd it's called adventures of rhino man yeah and so on the digital Stupid. version that i bought uh it is called the adventures of rhino man and it's listed as like one of the later episodes of the season not in the correct air order 
Redonkulous. So, yeah. Well, on my DVD... So if you're trying to watch the DVD, yeah. On my DVD, everything was in air order and, you know, it was perfect, so... Oh, well, la dee da All right, we're ready to move on to Michelangelo meets the Bugman. Yeah. Not the Bugman, just Bugman, sorry. So, uh, I guess I'll hurry and take the first one. At the very beginning, in the comic book Michelangelo is reading, Bugman is fighting a Dr. Dome, yes. which... Dr. Dome is a villain in the original Mirage comics when the Turtles team up with the Justice Force. That's so cool. I can't so, tell if it's like a just coincidence, but it's such a Turtle, specific name. So know. Turtlepedia lists it as uh, a Dr. Doom parody. And it's, it specifically says he is not to be confused with the Justice Force character of the same name. I just, I don't know. I doubt that they didn't use the I, same name as the comic I'm book. I'm siding yeah. with you on that one. Yeah. I think that's a fun Easter egg. Because, yeah. like, it does, he does look a little, like, he's he's a more comic booky, cartoony version than the Mirage Dr. Dome. He doesn't really look like him. Like, he's got, like, a, a glass, like, helmet on over the top of his whole head. He doesn't have just, like, the, the dome like the, head. Yeah, that's what, that's know. what I'm saying. Like he's he's a more cartoony, comic booky version of mm-hmm. of the Mirage character. So I'm kind of siding with you, uh, though. I think I think that's a fun. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a, I think it's a happy coincidence. Say it's a Doctor Doom thing. I think it's a happy but, coincidence. Yeah. Um, another another reference to Mirage. I I'm not sure if Doctor Doom is happy coincidence or intentional, but I'm pretty sure this one is happy coincidence. Bugman is actually Michael Dooney's nickname. Oh, aimed to fame Mirage artist. So there you go. Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, a very obvious reference that the show makes, but you know, must be said for the sake of the uh, the record. They, uh, Michelangelo asks if Bugman can float like a butterfly and sting like a bee, which is a reference to Muhammad Ali's favorite, like famous saying. Yeah, that was yes, the yeah. other guy who already did that. Yeah, and then Bugman says, specifically yeah. says. And then, then Bugman says, another guy already did that. Yeah. yeah, so it's a reference to Muhammad Ali. Uh, Funny Lee, joke. Lee Stanite is what Bugman is uh, weak to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a tuckerization or a portmanteau of Stan Lee. Lee Stan. Oh, oh wow. my goodness. <laughs> there we All go. Right. There you go. Uh, he also transforms and he gets angry like the Hulk does. So I feel like yeah. that's kind of a bit of a Hulk homage there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's kind of like a kid bash of a lot of stuff. Like, like the obvious thing is like, oh, he's Bugman. He's got like Spider-Man powers. Like, I was getting like big hank pym ant-man vibes like yeah. when he was going into his backstory hey mm-hmm. uh speaking of spider-man the guy that voices Bugman, and i'm gonna mess his name up i think it's dan gilvazan he was the voice of spider-man on spider-man and his amazing friends i knew that voice sounded familiar yeah kind of cool because like i was gonna get into this in i love being a turtle but like there was a lot of this episode felt different than the it, others it does it definitely like, feel different and i think 
It's the only one not written by David Wise. It's the only one not <laughs> written by David Wise, which, which oh, yeah. is, I, I think, a big part of it. But also, like, having Dan Gilvezin, um play Bugman in here, I think it, like, kind of shocked, like, my ears. Because, like, you know, we're, we're four seasons in. We know all of these voices already. Like, like Buffy in my episode was played by Jennifer Darling, who plays Irma. You know, like yeah. we can pick out these these voice actors. So like having a new guy show up all of a sudden was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, yeah. Uh like I said, I'll get into that later. Yeah. New voice actor and no Kranger Shredder in that in that episode. Let's see, I got two more bits for you for you here. Um at one point Bugman says, Welcome to the party, said the spider to the fly. I Googled that. That's apparently from a poem about the spider and the fly. So there you go. Oh, um, huh. There's also a part where Donatello, he like jumps in front of Electro Zapper and he says, Donatello knows Bo. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those old Nike commercials with Bo Jackson that was like Bo knows football. Oh my God. I yeah. do remember that. <laughs> yeah, what a poll. It was like, it was, they were on about the same time. Yeah. What a stupid poll. Yeah. That's funny. Oh. I didn't even know those were a thing. <laughs> well, you know, for us children of the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, all right. Uh, moving on to Poor Little Rich Turtle. Um, this episode apparently uh, is almost, almost exactly the plot of the Transformers episode, The Girl Who Loved Power, or The Girl Who Loved Power Glide. Uh, which was also written by David Wise. I feel like that's not the first time this has come up that he's just like stealing his own episodes from Transformers. Yeah, just kind of, just kind of putting them, just kind of giving them a new, fresh skin. Just search why, and replace, <laughs> but yeah. for whatever that little girl's name was for oh, this little girl's name. <laughs> but why wouldn't you? I remember I had an English class in high school, and like it was like a very like free like artsy project where you're supposed to like do some sort of piece of art that had to do with. You had, you're supposed to supposed you're supposed to spend like so much time doing it. And it had to do with what we learned that semester. I just took an f- image that I photoshopped in my Photoshop class that I really liked and turned it in and just wrote like the biggest piece of bull crap to say how it matched up to what we learned in class and no, passed. I, I I used I've used an essay I've used I've written a year before. Yeah, I, I for, do not for blame. Diff- it was a different teacher, so I didn't get caught. Yeah. And I, I do not blame David Wise. Like I don't yeah. either, man. You I, do that. You know I respect the a, hustle. Transformers yeah. had a ton of issue or a ton of episodes, and then like we're in the second, uh, like forty plus episode season of Ninja Turtles already. Like, of course he's going to start recycling stuff. Why not, man? Fill in that yeah, gap. exactly. I hope David cashed all of his checks. Oh, he yeah. definitely earned them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Poor little rich turtle. Uh, reference to poor little rich girl, an old Shirley Temple movie. Um, they also, they take, uh, is her name Buffy? Is that the girl's name? Buffy Shellhammer. Buffy Shellhammer. So they take her to the Brainalyzer. If you remember, the Brainalyzer is what they had inside of Metalhead so that he could turn, or he could learn all the Ninja Turtles moves. Oh. Yeah. So they're they're not only reusing scripts, they're using uh, made-up words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I totally forgot about the Brainalyzer yeah. in the Metalhead episode, so... 
I only remember it so well because it was such a big plot point. Like, we have to get Metalhead close to the turtles so he can use the brainalyzer to learn their moves. And then he shot them with lasers and grenades. I'm like, why do you even know the moves? But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this show. All right. That's Thank- all I got. Yeah, I'm, I'm all out. Same here. Let's get in a, let's put some anchovies on this pizza. Nobody likes anchovies. So when the whole like water brain control happens, like Vernon drinks the water and he's standing there and they immediately blame the water for his like zombie like behavior. They're just immediately like, oh, it's because he drank the water. Like, why is that the first thing they jump to? I don't know. To me, it just seemed like they just like made that leap really quick. And it's obviously for plot reasons and just to make it go fast. But there wasn't, I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of dots to like connect, you know? Yeah. Oh no, yeah. They he gets turned into a zombie and they're immediately like everyone in the entire city is gonna be a zombie once they drink water. Which like the only other two zombies they saw had drank coffee. How do you know it's not the coffee? I don't know. Yeah. Also, why on earth did like the the rich guy keep the cure in the diamond? Why, why, why did he keep well, the cure for his zombie stuff in the diamond that was like the winning prize of the contest? I think we can sum it up uh, as why did the rich guy? I mean, I mean <laughs> fair enough, but it's, it's like, why did he? It's, it's like such a terrible place to keep your cure for your thing is this thing you're going to be handing out as a prize to someone. No, absolutely. You know, right? it's, it's dumb. It just made zero like, sense for it to be this there. Yeah. Well, it's also like, why did plot. why did uh, Bebop and Rocksteady and Shredder even participate? Why didn't they just steal the thing? And it kind of ran it off as like his his house is so heavily protected. But then the turtles just like fly a blimp over it and drop right in, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyway, no, that that's pretty much it, though. That's all I really had. I was uh, in and out of falling asleep on this episode, if I'm <laughs> totally honest. Otherwise, uh, I may have more anchovies. I mean, all, <laughs> I mean, yeah, this episode and my episode were, yeah. It's that David Wise syndrome, man. There's, there's always just like one too many plot points, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the antidotes in the fake gym. You got to use a shrink ray, you know, like, so yeah. it's always one thing too many. All right, are we ready for Michelangelo Meets Bugman? Yeah. Okay, so guys, at the top of this show, I mentioned how great it is to every now and then see the flash of something that reminds you of like, oh, hey, I've seen this before. This is a fun little bit of deja vu. But the second the Bugman's eye popped into like a bug eye, mm-hmm. I remembered that and it was not good. <laughs> that whole transformation is like the most disgusting thing ever. And there's all these like stretching wet rubber sounds and stuff. It's just, it's so disturbing. It goes this show, on. This show cut so, so many long. corners at so many points. They couldn't just put like a glow around him and then have him be Bugman. It goes on for freaking so thing. It's so disgusting. Long. No, you're 100% right. Like I I knew of Bugman and then like a lot of what I had heard from like other people, they're like, Oh, I like Bugman, except for the transformation part. So I kind of like knew that was going to be a thing I would have to notice. Mm-hmm. And 
it's not a thing you can miss. <laughs> like it, it goes on forever and yeah. it goes on twice in the episode. Cause he transforms twice. And then just like, like you said, like the sound, like the, the wet, like squelching sound. It's so gross. Yeah. So gross. I, I just, don't know. I kind of, it didn't have to do that. I kind of dig it. I kind of dig the, the body horror uh, vibes coming <laughs> well, from that. Okay. Personally, I mean, like, so there's nothing wrong with body horror <laughs> because like what we talked about in like the rise movie, like that was body horror too. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it, I think it just it felt weirdly out of place here. It is because it we've is, seen we've seen people transform before in the yeah. show. It is very juxtaposed feeling for this show because it is not normal for them to uh, take the body horror out. Like the worst they've gotten is when Stockman turned into a fly, and like that one was like yeah, flashing, was and you just kind of see the bones, and that's yeah. about it. That yeah, just included like that's, that's an anatomically correct example. skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ugh. Gives you the willies. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, maybe I just, you know, was excited to see something that felt really out of place for the show. I don't think I don't we know. needed to see every bug part pop out of him because it was cool, but it was just kind of like, uh-huh. I don't know. I think we did. I think we did. <laughs> for me, the biggest thing is like, there's so much of this episode that, like, like all, the, I mean, granted, this whole show feels like, a fever dream most of the time but like there's like things that are like are especially fever dreamish of it like michelangelo walks in to do his training and then suddenly his brothers just go into like this monotone like rhyming you know like rooting for him that it's like not i don't know if they were going for rap but it doesn't sound like rap like yeah it's, it's just like this most like monotone like it reminds me of if you ever watched the regular show like the very first episode is called the power and they like sing these songs while uh like make people do things with this keyboard and it's like really monotone and it's played off for jokes i don't know if there's supposed to be a joke in this one or not i can't tell but it sounds like that but no music in the background it's just weird rhyming out of nowhere and then and then they just like leave to go like stop the like turn out the power they don't say anything to michelangelo who is blindfolded they just kind of leave him like it seems like the most convoluted way for mikey to be alone and for him to go get bug man like they literally could have just had him still reading his comics and the power goes out and they go and check it out and he then uh hears someone cry for help like there was no need to have him go in that room blindfolded i, I don't know like it just doesn't make yeah. any sense to me like it was I, such the, a whole thing kind of feels like like second to last draft you know because like even like what April O'Neil is just at the power plant and she even says like I think there might be something happening here and uh-huh. Burns like no come back and do the story we paid you to do she's like no there might be something happening at the power plant like why is she there yeah like the whole thing's very convoluted well and then I mean, Mikey and Bugman just show up it's like, very yeah. it's a very comic booky episode mm-hmm. so like I get I get you have to suspend that disbelief a little bit but it's like it some of the some of the suspension and disbelief stuff is like asking a lot of you like the like how um leo raff and don like when they find mikey's note that's saying he's run off with Bugman and just like they laugh for like 10 minutes yeah there's like oh it's whatever like, it's not that funny guys no. yeah they, they laugh for forever and then they like 
sit down and they're like watching the TV. And then specifically like when there's interference with the TV and there's like, you know, this is a weird wavelength. Like what? And they're like, I think Mikey was telling the truth. And, and <laughs> like, then, oh, I forgot and how are those that. two things related? Yeah. And then it's like, they say it twice. Like Leo asks, he's like, hey guys, maybe there's something up with what Mikey was saying. And then everybody blows them off. And then when Donnie says something about it, Leo says it again. Yeah. He's like, maybe something, maybe Mikey was right. And they're and it's like, like, what? Yeah. And then they're like, let's go. They don't even know where they're going to. They just go out and then they just True. see April surrounded by fire and they rescue her. And then bugs, oh. you know, not bugs ever. Electro zapper ends up out there. Anyway, it's. Well, the way Electro zapper gets out there is he takes an elevator up to then a concrete pipe that he walks out of. Yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah april getting surrounded in fire like one what caused the fire and two why was there like a bunch of loose leaflets all around her that caught on fire like it didn't make any sense yeah it, there there was so many things that happened in this that like there wasn't like enough like i guess plot threads or not enough like things like connecting them together to like make everything make sense and and work like, it just feels like you have so many characters just like jumping to so many conclusions and so many ideas that, uh, like, through the whole episode, that it's like the only way it moves, that it just doesn't feel very fluid. Oh, but yeah. like, it's, it's a... written from the end. Like, yeah. it's, it's written from like, okay, Brick Bradley and April and Neil are going to have a thing. So April's got to be at the power plant. Why is she at the power plant? Well, she's there for a story. Well, what's the story? Eh. You know, she's just there. <laughs> the, 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 it's written from the end point backwards and it doesn't connect all the dots. Yeah. The biggest thing that bugged me about it is that yeah. uh, like the whole episode felt like a dream. It, it felt like it kept, it was going to keep building up to like Michelangelo fell asleep reading his comic and like he really like, like, like the beginning when Splinter's yelling at him for like missing ninja practice. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like the episode was going to end with Mikey having missed practice because he fell asleep reading Bugman and yeah. like dreamt that he met Bugman and all that. Like that's what it felt like building up to the entire time. So that like when it ends and it turned out that Bugman was real, and it's like he just has a comic made about him in the. In it's the weird world. that he's both real and a comic book character yeah right? like yeah, i don't okay I, I, that's the thing i don't like in comics anyway like when there's comic books about like the hero that exists in that world like it's funny like, i i think it depends but, on how it's executed well yeah it, it, it depends on how it's executed here. like like in spider-verse when like the peter parker like the good one before peter b shows up like mm -hmm. that one has the comic book based on him yeah, well, also, like, if you read, like, like post-crisis, like, George Paris's run on Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Woman, she has a comic that's out about her because she's licensed herself out. She has a representative that helps, you know, give her funds so that she can be able to support other people and, and try and do good. Mm -hmm. And her comic book that's out is Golden Age Wonder Woman, you know, like the, the yeah. pre-crisis continuity. That's her comic book mm -hmm. that's out at the time. See, so, like... That's done really well. I don't, I, so like I go back and forth on that. Like that kind of works for me. Mm -hmm. But like an, I, an, a big example that I hate is in Logan, 
mm-hmm. where like the X Men exist as comic book characters in that world, and it's like nothing about any of the X Men movies implied that there would be comic books made about them, and like to such detail that like they have their own costumes and it's like they go to all these places and for him to for for him to be like the you know the real stories weren't like that like i i that i hate mm-hmm. i even don't mind it like when there's like that whole weird plot thing of like they chronicle these superheroes and adventures in comic books like i don't know for me it's like why not <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know. it, it, it's it's got to be done right and it's like i don't know it just it feel it felt weird in logan yeah to have that done um i mean here it, i think it, i think what bugs me about it is that like mikey uh-huh. because because like the comic like the comic book if it's a superhero with a secret identity like they obviously can't reveal their secret identity in the book yeah but like mikey knows who brick bradley is because mm-hmm. he reads the comic yeah and it's like and and so then brick goes through this whole thing he's like you, you have to swear you can't tell anybody my secret identity and it's like well your secret identity is published monthly yeah <laughs> and so that's why i was like okay like this is a dream because mikey knows this mm-hmm. but it's like at the end of the episode it's real and you're like and April, I, I can't remember. Did April say she didn't know who Bugman was? Like she was surprised when she met Bugman. Oh, just about everyone was. Like the turtles didn't even believe he was real. They're and like, it's like, oh, yeah, he's a comic book character. And, and it's like, yeah, like he's a comic book character that exists. Like who's publishing the comic then? Yeah. Because Bugman doesn't seem to know about the comic. But maybe that's the next episode was with Bugman as him in like court over. Uh, right theft yeah apparently Bugman does come back though there's another episode there's a season five episode where like like Bugman michelangelo meets Bugman again yeah i've seen that title that's why and, I know then you, yeah. and then you learn that the corporate executive publishing his comic book is mr og <laughs> no <laughs> you did it for the, the porcelain of mr og <laughs> Oh, oh right. Are we ready All to right. move on to poor little rich turtle uh, yeah poor little rich turtle i hated this episode <laughs> I did too. Uh, the obvious loser of these episodes. Is, yeah, this is obvious. This is the obvious dud of the three. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't. I liked Rhino Man a little bit less, but I just, but I just didn't have a good time watching this one. Um, which is weird to say. I don't know why I can say that. Buffy is so annoying. Like, like she's Buffy's supposed very... to be. She's supposed to be annoying, but like she's like unbearably annoying. <laughs> but it's like, but she's also like kind of comically annoying in in a way. That like it, it it's it's annoying and then it comes right back around to like oh, okay, like she's a bitch but <laughs> but she's okay. What is up with? There's a scene in this episode where like they turn the carousel like yeah high. They like flies away and crushes Bebop and Rocksteady <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah. What the hell was that about? I, I don't know. Michelangelo was just like, let's kick this baby into high gear, and he's just like pulls a lever and the carousel flies at bebop and rocksteady like yeah like what? it's insanity <laughs> it's, it's complete so, it's and utter so, nonsense it's like, so weird could you I, imagine uh, we trust carnies with those things what if they just spun <laughs> off their freaking pivots 
Jesus Christ. It and is again, kind of a, a so bad is good thing, you know? I like, know. Like, <laughs> it is a bad thing. And like, yes, like it made zero sense. But at the same time, it's kind of hilarious because you're like, what? Also, I don't understand why Shredder is so... And again, it's one of those like there's too many plot points in like every David Wise episode. Mm. But he's like so adamant that Bebop and Rocksteady uses shrink ray on this little girl. And like it'll make her more portable so you can bring her back to Dimension X. And not two minutes later, Michelangelo just picks her up and hauls off with her. Like she's she's a 15-year-old girl. She's small anyway. <laughs> like, why are they so obsessed with the shrink ray? Why do they just shove a shrink ray into this episode on top of everything else? Also, I'm convinced that Shredder's weakness is children. Like, like he just like they they render him powerless. He is just completely incompetent at like fighting children for whatever reason. They just overcome him every time. Just like ah, <laughs> oh, the folly of youth. No, <laughs> like whether it's Zag, whether it's a bunch of kids watching a children's show as part of a live studio audience, whether it's this girl. Like all of them get get loose in the technodrome and cause them all sorts of problems, and they're all just children. I mean, admittedly, they are the teenage mutant ninja turtles as well. So like, they, they you're are. not wrong. Yeah, yeah. They do call themselves the teenage mutant ninja turtles a couple times in these episodes. They do. Yeah. That, that's something I've already you know I have a problem with, but yeah, you know, they've done it so many times in the series that I'm not going to complain about it every time. <laughs> Yeah, they, they do it so much, it's like they get a kickback for it, you know? Yeah. You know, Buffy also, you know, we have, like, another moment where you're kind of like, wait, like, do people know the turtles exist? Where, like, Buffy doesn't know who the turtles are? It's kind of like, these guys are, like, have been, like, all over the news. They've saved the world. Like, they, you know, there's people that have merchandise of them. Like, you've probably at least heard of these mutant turtles that live in your city. Yeah. yeah. We know that people dress for them as as like Halloween costumes in this universe. Yeah. So like, yeah, uh, just awful. She, but she doesn't know who they are. And it's just kind of like, it's just back to that weird continuity thing of. Like, who knows who the turtles are? Yeah. Yeah. And it just changes with every episode. But uh, that's all I got. Same, Same here. Move on for some things we actually liked about these episodes. I think so. I love being a turtle! Cherubs. Are you talking about the cherubs? And rhino cherubs man? with guns, man. <laughs> Just the cherub statues that have guns, and when a bloom flies over, they start shooting at it. <laughs> it's crazier than that. They don't have guns. They are statues that set down their bows and arrows and pick up laser guns <laughs> yeah. and then fire away. Guys. <laughs> Rhino Man, I really liked this episode. It was it was thing. really silly. I think it's the same like Wear Rats from Channel Six thing. Like it's just the kind of crazy nonsense I've come to expect. That's just like so fun and stupid. I love it. I love uh, the Cheeseburger Man at the very beginning. He's like a fake superhero, and he has an American cheese processed food lariat. It's hilarious. I, his his uh, God, what did he call him? Like. His like his hamburger grenades, yeah, his were all hilarious. beef grenade or something. All beef yeah. grenade, yeah. Um, well, and the best part about it is they actually made him competent. Like he actually caught the guy. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I loved Vernon as newsman. That was hilarious. Like yeah. his puns were hilarious. Like the um, filestorm that I'm speeding bulletin. That's so like, funny. That's that good. was choice wordplay. 
Uh, it was faster than a speeding bulletin. Oh God, what was the? It was, it was right able after to that. Do the? Oh man, what was it? Able uh, to do the? Do, 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 do. Let's see if I can find the transcripts. Have no fear. Yeah, I'm looking at the transcript right now. Have no fear. Uh, newsman is here. Uh, able to do the, the speeding bulletin. Able to do the locomotion in a single bound. That's a All dance. right, criminals, your numbers up. <laughs> God, this is the top tier Vernon episode, and he was really like hardly stuff. in it. <laughs> and I, I like how like like Bebop and Rocksteady are actually really good superheroes, even if they're like still kind of terrible at it. Like they're trying to stop a speeding car, so they just like shoot it a whole bunch of times, but it actually works. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I love it. Good lines in this one too. Um, I, I think it's Raphael says that if we don't stop Bebop and Rocksteady next week, the show could be called The Adventures yeah. of Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> and they fight with Shredder at the end, and Shredder's like, "I'll teach you to mess with me." I think it's I think it's Raphael again. He says, "You don't have to. We've been messing with you for years." Like, Man, that's funny. <laughs> that's a good bit. I love this episode. Yeah, I mean, just just an absolute good time. Yeah, this show really has kind of just become like the turtles, like just dunking on Shredder all the time now. Like, like he is officially like <laughs> like it's almost kind of sad at this point you know <laughs> that shredder and kring are even still trying that's very like true. they're just they're just doing it for the bit now like even in the theme song like they jump over him and just kind of like shove his helmet down over his head now like in the new theme song animation you know yeah. just totally just like punking on him they don't even try to like make him a threat anymore he's well, just they do that a, and he's completely joke. defeated like he doesn't show up again. <laughs> He's entirely defeated because his helmet was pushed down on his head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. Are we ready to move on to Bugman? I think yeah. so. Uh yeah, I kind of hinted it earlier. This was easily the best episode of the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, despite its kind of lack of connection of plot points, it felt different to me. And so therefore it was kind of more exciting than, than normal for me to watch. Yeah, any episode without Krang and Shredder seems to be the cream cream of the crop, right? <laughs> I mean, there was that. This is different enough, right? There was the one where the guy was shrinking the boats, and that one was pretty bad. But uh, I usually prefer most Krang and Shredder episodes over that one. But <laughs> I also just love the turtles being involved with superheroes and, and comics. And I guess it's just especially because... Ninja Turtles spawned out of a love of comics and a love of superheroes. And so I kind of like it whenever it comes back to that and kind of, I don't know, just just promotes reading comics and, and comic books in general. Uh, I, I think that comic books themselves and turtles have a very close history and I like it when the cartoons bring them up and, and use them and you get to see them in them. Yeah. Like, it normally like like i said i don't like when they kind of mess with the silly comic book stuff in other versions but like 87 gets a pass because 87 doesn't take itself seriously so like when they do the superhero shtick like it's fine for me Versus like, like superheroes in Mirage, where I don't care for that. 
I like it in all versions. So, <laughs> yeah. I really yeah, like. like Go ahead. Oh, so Michelangelo asked Bugman because, like, Bugman, he floats down the sewer and he's like, his hands are tied or whatever. Michelangelo's like, well, tell me how you got here. Bugman starts like at the beginning of his life story. The guy cracked me up. He's like, well, I was born in Osco to Michigan. Like, he starts all the way back. <laughs> it's hilarious. I also, I really like the way this episode opens up with uh, like Splinter interrupting Michelangelo reading his book. And Michelangelo's like, what's what's the matter, man? And Splinter just goes off on him. He's like, man, that's how oh, you refer to me? Yeah. What's next? God, that was so funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, what's next, rat-faced dude guy? Yeah, it's like, like way to take it to a hundred splinters. He's yes. like, get your ass in there and do your kata. Like he's, he's so <laughs> mad. He's so mad. He called him mad, and it's I like, know. I get the disrespect that Splinter is feeling, but Jesus, like, and I think that was like my first clue that this episode felt so different. I want a whole episode that's just like twenty-two solid minutes of just like Splinter just losing his mind on the turtles. I mean, like we like... talked about it before, like Splinter in the show is funny. Like he is sassy when he can be, and it's like he's he's just not sassy enough in a lot of episodes because they always write him as like the wise old master. But yeah. he's like he's like in his forties. He's not that old. I, I just want the one where he's like, do you know how hard it is to raise four kids? Four kids I didn't want who just morphed into teenagers immediately and I had yep. to feed them pizza every night on a disgraced samurai master's salary. <laughs> That's what I, be want. Fair, I want. a whole actually, episode of that. Actually, Rice Splinter almost says that verbatim. Oh, yeah. In one episode. <laughs> he's like, I'm a father of a single father of four boys. It's not easy. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they even do that in the 2003 series when April's like, wow, it's like I've gone from single woman to like mother of four overnight. And Splinter's yeah. just like, tell me about it yeah. <laughs> when they're living in her apartment. Uh, Things escalate too far. Splinter gets in a fight with the turtles. They they wind up tying him down. He sleeps it off. They're like, he wakes up in the morning. He's like, I'm sorry, my son. Some Some spirit got over me. And as he gets out of the bed, he like knocks over a whiskey bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, That's some spirit, spirit, right? Yeah, <laughs> find me on fanfic.com anyway. Gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Bugman was, yeah, that was a great episode. Good episode, yeah. Anything else about that? Are we ready for poor little rich turtle? I think we're ready for poor, poor little rich turtle. We we have to find find something. So yeah. let's 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 keep on this splinter, uh love okay so uh, what's what's her name buffy buffy mm-hmm. shellhammer buffy shellhammer so she sprains her ankle and the turtles take her to splinter to get healed and she's like splinter must have hypnotized me and leo gets like all offended that at the implication that splinter would have hypnotized her yeah. but, like we have seen him hypnotize his own sons over less than that like for eating too much pizza he's like all right time to mess with your brain chemistry like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will eat pizza no more. You'll love pizza no yeah. more. Uh, this episode also has what nice is now callback. What is now my You'll favorite crave pizza no more. There we go. I will crave is, pizza no I more. Crave pizza no more. This episode also has what is now my favorite animation error, 
where Michelangelo runs into another room to grab pizza pies and comes out holding two gigantic two apple actual pies. pies. Yeah, I saw them floating around today too on like some of the gr- some of the turtles groups. Yeah, I'm thinking some people are maybe watching along with us. I think so. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We know uh, Neca. We know Neca is. <laughs> yeah, Neca is obviously. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, me too. Uh, me three. I like I said, Buffy. I I did like the her kind of redemption arc at the end, uh, where like everybody freaked out that she gave Splint or gave Shredder the formula, and she's like, "No, I gave him a formula," and it, that turned out to be the one that like made the fireworks. So, I thought that was a funny gag. Funny bit. Yeah. Also, like, you didn't think it was funny? I thought that was good. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, it's fine. It's good. I think yeah, it's good. I, I think this, I this is the positive coming. section. Yeah, I saw it coming from so far away. I think is the the problem. Yeah. Also, like, so the Trinidadrome is actually like stuck in the asteroid. I guess. Yeah, it's like they've attached been, to it. <laughs> they've been like more and more the season. I thought they were just like stranded in Dimension X, but like. The big zip attack, I think, is the first one where like Krang was trying to dislodge the Technodrome and broke something. And like a couple of these episodes, like he's trying to use the heat ray to melt the rock around the Technodrome or something. And then in this one, he's trying to like blow up a part of it to dislodge it. So I don't know what it got stuck, but here we are. The, the biggest thing I will say about this episode is that like I did like, actually did like seeing Schroeder and Krang again. Maybe it's just because we haven't watched this series in a long time. Maybe it's because like the last two episodes weren't our normal formula episodes and were kind of different and weird. So this one that kind of was something closer to a normal episode of the series was not too bad. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Cool, cool. All right. So we're ready to move on to news? I think so. April O'Neil, Channel 9 News. Uh, Channel 6 News. All right, in news this week, not that much, to be honest. Uh, Kind of a nice, light week after all the stuff from Comic-Con. But uh, the Rise movie is out on Netflix now. Go watch it. It's great. Go listen to our review on it now, um, because that was a heavy spoiler one. Uh, In toy news, uh, Diamond Select Toys... uh, who have you guys ever seen mini mates before? Yes. So they're kind of, I mean, I haven't bought a mini mate in like 10 years. I think but, the last mini mates I bought were Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so, uh, so diamond select is bringing back Ninja Turtles mini mates. The last ones they did were from like the 2012 line. And I think they did a small Mirage line, uh, but they are bringing them back in a cool, like VHS box set. Yeah. Um, uh, like VHS style box set, and like the cover art is of Shredder is splintered, but in like Mini Mate style, which I think is really cool. And the four turtles are kind of based off of their toy looks. So, uh, like the original four action figures. So, like it's even got like Sad Eyes Leo. Uh, so yeah, I think it's like. 30 bucks for the set. Um, you can pre-order it at your local comic book store or at places like Big Bad Toy Store. Cool. 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 
Uh, IDW dropped their list of this month's releases. Uh, doesn't look like a game we're coming out until the end of the month, but I'll still announce them anyway. So we've got, of course, the Armageddon Games opening moves coming out on the 25th and a Best of Baxter Stockman coming out on the 31st. And I know that we've kind of given some of these covers of these Best of books a hard time on occasion, but the Baxter Stockman one actually looks pretty cool. I kind of dig it. Baxter Stinkman. Baxter Stockman. Yep. Is it Fly Stockman or regular Stockman? Um, I guess it's regular. Oh, that was a cool cover. Holy cow. Look at yeah. That. Yeah. IDW dropped a couple, um, dropped a couple covers for um, Saturday Morning Adventures as well. So that's kind of neat. When is that coming out? Uh, September. Okay. Oh, sorry. The Armageddon Games opening moves number two comes out the 24th, not the 25th. My bad. I accidentally said the wrong day. You're off the podcast. <laughs> I know. You're... It's over. <laughs> I am no longer an expert. All right. So if that's all we got for news, Spencer, yep. what are we doing next week? Next week, we're staying strong with the cartoon. Uh, Mike's going to have a week off, so we're only recovering two episodes, and they will be episodes 29 and 30. So that is What's Michelangelo Good For? and the Dimension X story. So all, all buckle right, guys. up. <laughs> buckle up for those two. Um, so, guys, thank you again for another uh, awesome week. <laughs> Uh, thank you again for listening to the show. Like we can't do this without you. So um, please let us know somewhere on the internet, Ninja Turtle Power Hour, Ninja Turtle PH on Instagram and Twitter, Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Facebook. Um, you know, let us know what you think of the show, you know, things you know you like or whatever. Uh, if you guys feel like supporting the show, you can through co- uh, coffee. Um, uh, Spencer, what was the link for that again? Uh, it should just be Ninja Turtle Power Hour. So there you go. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, thank you again. We love you. Um, stay safe and you know, watch the Rise movie. I, I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. <laughs> it should already be out by the time this podcast. It's comes definitely out, so out. Hopefully, yeah, it's definitely out by the time that this episode is out. So if you guys skip the last episode, like I said, it's a heavy spoiler episode. So if you've watched the movie by now, head on back and check out our deep dive discussion with our buddy Colin. All right, guys. That's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Cowabunga! Yeah, that's what Mikey said to to Bugman. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. 
From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh, cowabugga. Yes. Cowabugga. Cowabugga. Yes. Hmm. Golden, golden pun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, Keith, is your theory on this uh, bad girl thing that, like, it's straight up to uh, just build hype? Oh, a thousand percent. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, this is that is insane. If it is, no, this is they're they're gonna build hype for it and then put it out. Uh, they spent ninety million dollars on the thing. That's not the thing is like it. ninety million dollars. Like seems like a lot, but that's like low budget nowadays. True, but if they even sold one ticket for it, it would be worth it. But but that's the thing is like, if they sold one ticket for it. Then, then it's an embarrassment. I did see so a couple things though. I did see an article that said they have it as a tax write-off since it doesn't get released. Yeah. Oh, really? They, yeah. <laughs> if that, that's the case, then yeah, we probably won't see it. But yeah, because <laughs> that's, can... that's what I was saying too. Like, it's kind of, it's kind of a. I don't want to say it's not like the Fantastic Four movie, like the really bad one, because mm-hmm. like that was made so they can hang on to the rights. Yeah. But like this, like they own Batgirl, so they're not gonna like, um, so they're not gonna like get the proof of rights for it. But like insurance money, yeah. They may, but I don't even know if they would get insurance. Like I don't know how movie insurance works like that because like they're actively choosing to not release the movie, so it's not like the movie's fault that it's not releasing. I don't know, but yeah, yeah like you're right. Like it could be a tax write off. It could be something. Like the other thing that I, I just want to point out is like look at every single time like a DC property has failed theatrically, you never see it ever again. For whatever reason, that thing becomes tainted to the companies, you can't use it again. And so I wonder if there's like potential in Bat Family, but you know, the last time we saw extra Bat Family characters, we never saw them again after that, and it was considered terrible and awful, you know, with what was it, Batman and Robin or one of those yeah, ones Batman from Robin. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I kind of wonder if it's partially for that reason, you know, green lantern, green lantern comes out and suddenly green lantern doesn't appear in anything anymore. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, and so like, there's a part of me that's like, they themselves might be trying to protect, you know, potential bat family movies in the future, because there's a lot of money to be made with something attached to Batman. And if it isn't good, they've now protected you know bat family stuff but at the yeah. same time they could also just be overprotective of the batman ip in general because that's their cash cow yeah and, and which is like silly because it's batman it's always going to sell and it's like it, it gets ugly when you think about it some more because this is like you know it's a black actress in a leading role in a leading superhero movie like because we haven't had one of those yet mm-hmm and the movie is directed by like two Catwoman. Arab directors, so it's like this is oh, like that's true. Catwoman, we did. Uh, and remember, and uh, all this talk people, about it being an embarrassment. They released Catwoman. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now here, here's the the lowest box office in history. I think it's pronounced Zizix Road. 
to Katherine Heigl movie, the film needed to fulfill a U.S. release obligation required by the Screen Actors Guild. That's why it was released. So I wonder if there's something like that that's going to make them like legally have to release this movie to pay I the see actors in some if way. If they had to release it, because movies get shelved all the time. So like if they had to release it, there's no way that they would have made this so public. Yeah, maybe. I think it's coming out. I think it's going to probably be direct to streaming. But I mean, that's what they were saying initially anyway. And that's kind of what I've heard more recently with even more articles is that they're like laying off like 70% of the staff at HBO Max. Like they're like scaling back on their HBO Max initiative. Yeah, like... Uh, it's, I mean, it's all because of the merger, like the with Warner Media and Discovery. Discovery. Uh huh. Like he's going, like, you know, Mr. Discovery is going through and axing a bunch of stuff, which is Why Discovery taking the, taking the reins on this. I, I, I guess they're the majority, hmm. which is weird because it's like Discovery Channel gets to yeah, call right? the shots for <laughs> Warner Brothers. Um, which is not too dissimilar with what happened at Nickelodeon when Rise was coming on board. Like the new president at Nick, like was like, I didn't greenlight all of these shows. They're all dying. Hmm. He's like, and if they're not SpongeBob, we're not keeping it. SpongeBob or Loud House. SpongeBob or Loud House. Yeah. Like literally Loud House did such good numbers that like, that's what saved it. Mm -hmm. But like, if they didn't do SpongeBob numbers out the gate, then the show was put on Nicktoons. Hmm. So it's it's a similar thing and it's just ego and disgusting. I mean, yeah. I hope everybody that worked on the movie gets paid. Yeah. Like, I hope they cash those checks too. Like, you know, that's the second time I said this uh, that episode, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened. <laughs> yeah. It's a safe bet for me to say that it will come out because if it ever comes out at any point in our lifetime, I win. Right? <laughs> You're on your deathbed in 20. Yeah, right. 20, 40 20, years. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. I showed them. Take that, Spencer. I got to call Mike. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really dying. My wish will be to bring you both to my deathbed. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I'm I'm either way on it. Like I I really don't know if they're doubling down on it or not. It does seem like it's a very final thing if they're like scaling back this hard on like HBO Max and everything else. It does sound like it's probably not something that's in the cards, but who knows? Yeah. Also, supposedly the Green Lantern, like HBO Max Green Lantern Core HBO Max series that was supposed to come out forever ago was also canceled and kind of dead in the water a long time ago. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that in quite a long time. I kind of figured it was yeah, not happening. Which I don't know if I really mind that much. I love Green Lantern, but it didn't sound like Guy Gardner was really going to be Guy Gardner. And You watched the animated series, right? The the one with Hal Jordan? The 3D animated one? Yeah, Hal Jordan Kill. I haven't finished watching it. Okay. I, I heard it was really good. Yeah, it's it's really pretty decent. Yeah, yeah it's pretty it's really pretty good. good. Yeah, I liked it. One of those things that once again, because that movie, the big movie failed, they like completely axed the IP. They're just like Green Lantern is done. Yeah. Oh well. Anywho. Anyhow. Just curious. I needed someone to talk to about this that I had ideas and theories and was thinking about things because uh I don't know. 
I just, just want to know what you guys thought. Because I, I work trained. with a... so it's the same thing they did with uh, uh, what the the Snyder cut of Justice League. Let yeah. everybody talk about it and hype it up so that when they put it out, it's a big deal. Yeah, and maybe that's what they're trying to do again with this, or maybe not. I don't know. But I'm not seeing enough support for it for it to to do that. I mean, yeah. we live in an age where Morbius got put back into theaters because people thought he looked at the camera and said it's Morbin time. Yeah. So. <laughs> Spencer, one of my favorite George Carlin jokes is like, like I forget exactly what the joke is, but he's like, think of how dumb the average human is. Half of all people are dumber than that. Like that—that's what we live in. That's the kind of people that want to see the Batgirl movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> except for because, the people that listen to it's our bad. Yeah. yeah. Except I mean, like, the people I'd that see it. <laughs> except for the people that listen to our podcast. You guys right. are all super smart. You guys, you guys right, are great. Right. right. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get off here. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go get dinner. Take care. Hey, Spencer, what episode do you want next week? What's Michelangelo good for, or Dimension X story? Ah, uh, I'll take what's Michelangelo good for. Why not? Okay, okay, cool, cool. I will see you next week, Mike. I will see you in two weeks. And see you in two weeks. May you heal well. Or, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> yeah, send pics. No, I will wait. send you pictures. Okay. Right, <laughs> Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Oh, what great bonus content that was this week. Oh, man. Such amazing bonus content that we just missed. Jeez. Yeah. Can't believe we, we missed it again, guys. Conversations off the air. I completely forgot everything we talked about, except for I just remember the fact that we like solved world, like we solved world peace. We, yeah. Rem- remember the cancer epidemic yeah gone. we we solved it but i can't remember it anymore yeah, yeah we had great yeah. it's like a like oh, an episode wow. of ninja turtles it starts with them coming back from a mission <laughs> only to yeah. find some crazy alien the status the quo has been yeah. returned some guy in a black suit came in and that's that's all i think that's all i can remember before we really came off. into all three of our houses at the same time, even though we're across the country from each other. Yeah. And it was the same guy. Weird. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Different time uh, well. zones. Anyhow. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Time to, I guess, maybe uh, start the show. Let's get into it. <laughs>